Hi, and welcome to Be The Flagship with our podcast host, Jeff Parsons. This is where we tackle the day-to-day talent management challenges you face, particularly in hospice and small healthcare organizations. And now over to our host. Take it away, Jeff. Hello, and thank you. I'm Jeff Parsons, host of Be The Flagship, where our focus is on talent in the hospice and small healthcare space. Today, our topic is financial metrics and the importance of having the right metrics for your small healthcare business. And joining us today, we have Jeff Smith, an expert in the subject. Uh, Jeff has joined us in a previous episode along with his dear wife. Uh, The episode, I believe, was when purpose meets performance or when performance and purpose meet. Uh, But today he's joining us and he's running solo. Uh, And Jeff is a CPA. Uh, He's been in finance for quite a while. Quite a while. How long have you been in finance, Jeff? Well, I've been uh, working as an accountant for over 30 years. Um, And um, just one point of clarification, I'm a CPA, but uh, my designation is a chartered professional accountant. It's a Canadian designation. So just just to make Uh, sure everyone's clear on that. Oh, I got you. You you have a special Canadian certification. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And you're also founder of uh, a consulting company. Business called Dynamic Strategy LLC. Correct. And how long has that business been in place? Well, I started it in June, and uh, um, I, I decided to parlay my my thirty plus years of uh, accounting experience into helping other businesses with their strategy and operational planning. Gotcha, gotcha, and so the. Today's episode is titled, What's Your Number? And so some of the things we'll talk about today and the focus of our discussion will be, you know, why it's important to measure and report on activity, you know, how metrics drive behavior, how to choose the right measure, balance scorecards and and things like that. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Well, I can't wait to get started. So first question. What do you mean when you ask, what is your number? Well, uh, Jeff, every business is unique. And and, uh, analysts group businesses into uh, what they call peer groups for for ease of comparison. However, each business has uh, unique factors that that are key to their success. Um, For an example, uh, United Airlines and Southwest Airlines are are both um, in the same peer group for uh, uh, stock market measuring, but uh, it it would be reasonable for financial analysts to provide comparisons for their results and, um, and their strength and their investment quality for the two companies. But um the specific factors that make those two airlines uh, successful are drastically different. Uh, Southwest Airlines is a discount airline, and they control costs by standardizing their planes, limiting the number of uh, destinations that they fly to, and limiting it amenities. Uh, when I was flying with three young children, Southwest was definitely my airline of choice because I valued cost over amenities. Fast forward to mm-hmm. um, uh, 
when I'm traveling as a uh, uh, business consultant, uh, United is a full service airline. And, and though uh, many love to hate uh, United, um, they are <laughs> one of the largest airlines in North America. They are they're more expensive to fly than Southwest in, in many instances, but customers have mm-hmm. more options, more amenities, and uh, they have a loyalty program. So as a business traveler, mm-hmm. I, I fly almost exclusively with United because I value those amenities and the convenience more than the cost savings. So when I'm upgraded, okay. I have more space to work and rest, and I, I arrive at my destination better prepared to do the business that I'm traveling for. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so why is it important to measure and report on activities, Jeff? So, so in simple terms, you get what you measure. Um, so Mm -hmm. when you have clearly articulated mission, uh, understand what your factors that drive success are and, and you communicate clearly, uh, what those, what targets your organization has, um, and you have a system of, of reporting, then, um, you have clarity of focus. You, you can, uh, measure your progress. You can align with, uh, bigger goals and, um, you can find, uh, guidance for decision-making uh, based on those <laughs> metrics. So when, when done consistently, you can achieve uh, uh, increased productivity, motivation and commitment, and, and adaptation and resilience. So uh, for example, when I, when I worked at a, a company that uh, had a critical release, they needed to send the first shipment of the uh, by the end of the day uh, for uh, product launch success. Um, employees in in different uh, uh, departments the the accounting department, the purchasing department, the engineering department we all left our our normal daily tasks to support the production team in finishing that important first shipment because there was that clarity and urgency of uh, that that was generated by that target. Um, and because the organization uh, was clear on the objective and why it was so important, um, everyone really went to extraordinary measures to ensure the success of it. Gotcha. So how do you know what to measure, Jeff? Well, um, <laughs> there, there is a difference between uh, uh, leading indicators and, and trailing indicators. And that's important to, to really okay. understand because leading indicators are, are predictive. They, they measure the activity that drives results. By contrast, lagging indicators uh, measure historical results. For example, uh, a leading indicator might be the number of potential client conversations per day. You know that the -hmm. number of clients you talk to will eventually turn into um, new clients that are engaged. Well, the trailing indicator is that that, uh, uh, number of new clients. So as much as possible, it's important to measure your leading indicators because they tend to be activity focused and within the control of whatever group is performing them. Whereas trailing indicators are a indicator of uh, the results uh, that are, are gained from it. 
I see. You know, and as I'm listening to you, Jeff, you know, I'm wondering, you know, how do you know if I'm if you're measuring the right activities? And that that's a great question, Jeff, because um, you know you you can you need to be careful what you measure. Um, <laughs> that the uh, metrics in an organization really should support the purpose of the organization. Last mm-hmm. last time we talked about where uh, purpose and performance meet. This is really an extension of that conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, it would be incongruous to uh, have a metric that emphasized maximizing the number of patients seen if the mission of the organization was to take the time necessary for the patient to feel to, to not feel rushed in an appointment and, okay. and so making sure that 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 they match is really important i see okay now you so, you sorry oh, yeah. Jack. Yeah, sorry. Um, you you can assess the whether you're measuring the right activities if if they're aligned with your your mission, your vision, and your purpose, of course, mm-hmm. um, and, and whether they contribute to the organization's objectives. Um, you, you can measure whether they have a substantial impact on the outcome of the organization. You know, it doesn't make sense to measure the finest little details. Um, measure the big things that are going to have an impact on the organization. And you can tell if you're measuring the right things if you have buy-in from your stakeholders. So a lot of it is spending the time up front talking to your employees, talking to your investors, talking to your uh, stakeholders to make sure that you're measuring the right activities. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And and it seems to me that this would be a bit of a continuous cycle of review to make sure that, you know, you would review it occasionally, uh, your metrics to make sure that you are measuring the right things and that they are still aligned with your mission and vision and purpose and those types of things. Is that right? Um, absolutely. There's a, a design thinking um, uh, mm-hmm. quote that I, I absolutely love. They they say, fail fast and cheap. So <laughs> you, you, you really should be constantly analyzing what you're measuring. And if it's not serving its purpose, then don't continue just because it's a metric. Um, uh, change what you do. Got it. Got it. So once you know what you're going to measure, how do you go about setting targets? So um, I, I'm sure you've heard of uh, um, uh, the the um, good metrics being smart. Um, yep. There, good metrics uh, drive behavior, and and um, so smart is an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable relevant and time bound so mm-hmm. um a specific uh goal is um is clear and well defined a measurable mm-hmm. goal has is quantifiable that uh the responsible party needs to be able to measure whether they are achieving that goal or not whereas achievable is goals that are um realistic and attainable um so that they'll be motivating. Um, they'll be they'll need to be challenging enough to to generate a stretch, 
but mm -hmm. not so challenging that they become demotivating to the uh, person who's responsible. Right. A relevant goal is it should align with the objectives of the organization um, and, and make sense to both the individual and the organization. And, and, and of course, there should be a time limit on them. Like just to say, I'm going to generate a hundred referral partners doesn't mean anything unless you put a time frame on that and say, I'm going to generate a hundred referral partners per month or per quarter or per year. Right. Right. Well, that makes sense. You know, it's interesting to think of smart goals, uh, in this context, you know, being in HR for over 30 years, I've often uh, taught people to use SMART goals with performance management for employees to measure their performance. What you're doing is taking that same concept and saying, we can use this to make sure we're aligned and determine what the correct metrics are for our overall business goals. Correct. Good. Well, can you recommend any tools that would help in setting up metrics? So the one that I, I really love is, is the balance scorecard. There's mm -hmm. many goal setting tools out there. Um, the balance scorecard was developed by, uh, two people way smarter than me. Um, <laughs> uh, in the 1990s, uh, Dr. Robert Kaplan and Dr. David Norton developed, uh, something that they called the, the balance scorecard. And it's, it's designed to help businesses avoid becoming too focused on one area of the business. It's really easy, um, especially in a for-profit business, to become ultra-focused on uh, uh, the uh, financial aspects. But right. we as individuals tend to be ultra-focused. We, we get un out of balance in all aspects of goal setting. And, and one example is, um, you know, weight loss. You see all kinds of, especially coming up to Thanksgiving, you see lots of, <laughs> lots of, uh, uh, weight loss programs. And, um, but when you get so focused on, uh, the goal of losing weight, it's easy to focus just on the number on the scale, um, mm -hmm. maybe to the detriment of your physical fitness or your health, healthy diet or, or the sustainability of the weight loss. And, and right. so, um, the same is true for organizations when they can't become overly focused on one aspect of their performance, they can lose sight of the other aspects that affect the organization's health. Okay. So balance scorecard is um is really the um uh breaks it up into four different perspectives there's a financial perspective which uh, measures the uh, a lot of the uh trailing indicators and and it's it answers the question about how do i look to my shareholders or my stakeholders um it, and you know that's that's really important but not the only thing we should focus on. The okay. customer's perspective um, uh, answers the question about how do we look to our customers? And, and that perspective uh, looks at the organization uh, from the viewpoint of the customers, and it, it includes measures related to customer satisfaction, loyalty, market share, and, and customer retention. Whereas... Okay. 
internal process, the, the, this perspective uh, assesses the efficiency of uh, and effectiveness of an organization uh, with regards to their internal processes. Um, identifying critical processes and, and measures, uh, key performance indicators related to um, how effective processes are. And uh, it answers the question of uh, what, what must we excel at to satisfy both our customers and our shareholders? And finally, okay. there's there's a learning and growth perspective, which which you as an HR guy um, would uh, really appreciate. And that's that's really focuses on how the uh, organization can adapt, innovate, and learn for its future success, and and it measures. Um, uh, things like employee satisfaction, training and development and innovation might even measure time to market um, to measure how agile that company might be. And it answers the question is how can we continue to improve and create value in the future? So, okay. Go ahead, I, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I, I really like the the framework that it that it sets out because it it ensures that um, people like me who are uh, financially focused don't become unbalanced in our our approach, and um, that we uh, make sure that our organizations have um, a balanced set of metrics. There really should be like um, depending on the size of the organization, but four to six um, KPIs in each um, each of those four quadrants would be okay. would give you a good picture of how balanced your organization is. Okay. So do you mind if I go back to these four and just delve into it a little bit deeper? Certainly. Go ahead. The financial perspective, I mean, that, that makes sense. You know, you're taking a look at your trailing indicators and how well you've done financially, right? Yeah. So that that makes sense. The customer perspective, uh, when you're wanting to get the customer perspective, can you give us some ideas on the best way to do that or some examples of where you've seen that done before? Yeah, if you if you take a step back and, and think about your business as far as how um, how does my customer perceive the organization? And, and I used to work for a company where um, every month we did a financial review with the CEO. And his final question to all of us was, are your customers thrilled to do business with you? And so mm -hmm. that's a step back and say, okay, well, what are my processes and, and policies and procedures um, that impact how the um, customer experiences our business. And, and for example, if um, uh, you have a business that's uh, really client-focused, uh, really uh, uh, wanting to make the customer thrilled to do business with you, but you have all kinds of upfront policies and procedures that prevent a smooth conversation with the, the customer, then you're, you're, um, uh, you've got a broken process. 
So measuring things like customer satisfaction or uh, uh, customer retention is is really important. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people use what's called a net promoter score, where they uh, contact the customer after the transaction to find mm-hmm. out about their experience and rate the um, the experience of the customer. Okay. So you see that a lot, even in healthcare, right? I yes. mean, uh, you get something from the dentist, if you've been to the dentist or a doctor's office or whatever, and it's basically asking you to give them a review. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Can I can I okay. tell you a little story? Sure. Um, uh, several years ago, when we lived in Canada, um, uh, we had to bring my daughter into the emergency room, um, and uh, in in Canada, being socialized medicine, um, there's some inefficiencies in the process. Quality of healthcare is fantastic. The um, mm-hmm. the process needs work, and so we went into the the emergency room and we stood in line. We told the the um, intake nurse what what the issue was. She took down some basic information and then sent us to the next line to wait in line to finish the the intake process. Okay. Um, after which we sat in the the waiting room for several <laughs> hours and uh, finally seeing a doctor. Right. Okay. Right. So if you look at that from the customer's perspective, we've got a, a, a sick child who needs to see somebody and the process is to wait in line only to wait in line again and then to wait <laughs> in the waiting room. Um, you, you can see how that might be frustrating. And so, right. so measuring um, what it's like to be a customer is just so important to the process. Yeah, yeah. It it, it sounds as though they were measuring your persistence. Absolutely. So, Jeff, I have another question for you. Uh, when you when you speak of internal process perspective, uh, can you give us an example? of uh, how you've approached that uh, in other organizations and maybe some of the tools uh, that you use to get a better perspective on your internal process effectiveness and efficiency. I have a thought, but I wanted to hear yours first. So so internal process is really what are the, the processes that support um, both the customer experience and the shareholder experience. Mm-hmm. And so, so measures right. like um, uh, production efficiency might, might be um, mm-hmm. an internal process. Uh, uh, things like uh, uh, if you're an insurance company, um, using the, the time to claim settlement is uh, a key indicator as far as um, uh, how profitable the insurance company will be because um, the longer a claim stays outstanding, the more expensive it's going to be. So, Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I was thinking in terms of 
you know, process improvement right. tools like Lean or value stream mapping right. or, or something like that help you right. understand where your bottlenecks and processes yeah, are. Yeah, that, that is a very good point, Jeff. Um, yeah, both both Lean and value mapping are, are excellent tools to understand uh, where the waste and inefficiency is in a, a business, and they can generate some really good internal perspectives. Got it, got it. Well, Jeff, I think I'm out of questions. <laughs> I really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, can you let the listeners know how to contact you should they have any further questions or would like to discuss this topic in more detail with of you? course my my uh, email address is is a little bit complicated and i i trust you'll put it in the the notes but it is jeff yep. with a g g-e-o-f-f dot smith s-m-i-t-h at dynamic strategy llc dot com Perfect. Perfect. Well, Jeff, thank you again. I hope you have wonderful holidays. Give your wife, Brenda Lee, a hug for me. And thanks so much. And you're always welcome. Will do. And I appreciate it, Jeff. Okay. Before we wrap it up, here's a little commercial about Flagship Talent Solutions and then a joke for today. At Flagship Talent, we work with our clients to find and place the right talent. What do we mean by the right talent? We mean we find talent who will commit to your organizational goals and align with your values and behavior expectations. Talent who will perform to your expectations. Talent who will stay and grow with your organization. How are we different from our competitors? We offer the lowest fee structure in the industry. We offer the best talent guarantee in the industry. We provide selection and interviewing support to our clients at no additional fee. We want to save you money, deliver high-quality talent, become an extension of your organization, and be your preferred provider of talent acquisition solutions. To learn more, contact Jeff Parsons by email at jeff at flagshiptalent.com or by phone at 1-800-530-4189, extension 101. Okay, let's wrap it up with a laugh. So, why are elves such great motivational speakers thought i'd use a, a christmas joke today <laughs> why are elves such great motivational speakers because they're so full of elf confidence <laughs> until next week goodbye <laughs>